to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. I'm very glad that you have decided to invest your time in listening to this podcast. And I promise you that this episode will not disappoint. Today, I have the pleasure to interview a fellow podcaster himself, Josh Wilson. And Josh has multiple podcasts and we'll, he'll talk a little bit about them. But um, I'm just very excited that you're here because this is not going to be your typical podcast episode. In this episode, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and maybe spark the interest of you creating your own dream job. So without further ado, let me introduce you, uh, let Josh introduce himself. So Josh, welcome to the show. Hey man, good to have, uh, good to be here in your (laughs) studio and and, and being involved in this podcast. Man, I love having conversation about entrepreneurship and uh, it's hard to say, but I I love doing it and um, I'm honored. So thank you, Daniel. Josh, no, I, I appreciate it. I met Josh. He was given a workshop on LinkedIn. He's definitely a professional at that and definitely gave me a lot of pointers to make my LinkedIn even better. But Josh, let's get right into it. Um, one of the things that we talked about was that my podcast was designed is designed to help students land their dream job. And when, when we talked, you first were like, is it more a corporate job? And I said, no, I'm, I'm very entrepreneurial minded myself. I want my audience to even think about the possibility of them creating their own their own job. And since you've been in this entrepreneurship world a lot longer, you have multiple podcasts on entrepreneurship, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your background, and how you got into where you do now? Yeah. So my name is Josh Wilson. You guys can find me on LinkedIn. You could probably, you could share a link with them, you know, so connect with me there. So that way uh, you can see what I'm doing. I'm very transparent. My life's an open book. I've had, I've had more failures than most people have, and I'm very just open about them. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing a book called Josh the Failure, where it goes through some of my failures, and I say, don't do it this way because it hurts, okay? So I've had a lot of jobs, and I've, I've been through many different um, many different uh, pivots in my world. I'll just say it like that. I built a lot of things, and I've lost all my money for myself and my family at least three times. So entrepreneurship is very valuable to me because I could create the future and create the jobs that I want, but it's hard as hell. All right. So what am I doing now? Uh, I have I have a few podcast shows. I'm a, a podcast host, and I produce a few others in partnerships with uh, some investment groups and such. But the the show that um, that I started by myself in the basement of a house in New York when I was doing some projects there is a show called Bet the Jockey. So I was working in a venture capital fund, and the the venture capitalist, the investor, told me he said, Josh, we don't invest in the businesses. We we invest in the people behind the businesses. We bet on the jockey, not the horse. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I looked it up online, and the domain was available for, for 19 bucks. So I bought it, and I ran with this brand of Bet the Jockey. So I travel around, and I, I interview entrepreneurs. I hear their story. And on the show, I've had uh, international best-selling author Greg McEwen from the book uh, Essentialism. He come on the show, talked about his story. Uh, world-renowned uh, venture capitalists like Andrew Romans talking about his book and, and why he invests and how he invests and just like incredible lineup of people and entrepreneurs to hear their story. 
Uh, and then I have the Orlando Entrepreneur Show, which I travel around Orlando talking to awesome entrepreneurs. And then I have a show called The Deal Flow Show, which is kind of a part of my agency where I help uh, entrepreneurs create deal flow for themselves in the business to attract capital or high-end clients. So those are my three shows, and then I produce a few others. Josh, I mean, that's a very interesting that you're using podcasts as a platform to not only spread your message and your word, but to also create deals in a sense. So I definitely encourage you. I listen to a couple of them and all his episodes, his guests are out of this world. So highly, highly encourage you to listen to them. If you like entrepreneurship and learning how these people got started, their ups and downs and their ultimate, their success story. But let's talk back as a student why should a student consider entrepreneurship? Yeah. So the advice my dad, so my dad was a badass, uh, you know, he, he, he came from Vietnam age. He started his own business and he, uh, his advice to me growing up, because I wanted to go special forces, he goes, Josh, go get your college education, go work for a corporation and then retire. So I went and I got my degree, I got my bachelor's degree, and I've got more certificates and licenses than most people because I've had a lot of failures and pivots. But like when I started getting into the corporate world, I started to see a lot of layoffs. I started to see a lot of outsourcing and technology taking jobs. And then when I would walk into like shopping plazas or even McDonald's, you see even the lowest level jobs are being outsourced. So like when I started to see this pattern of jobs disappearing due to technology or systems and processes improving on the lower end of things, it freaked me out. And I, and I, I've been laid off a few times and I, I, I hated it because it put me in a bind. I pledged my allegiance to this company and then I got laid off and then I lost everything. And then I had to scrounge around trying to find another J-O-B. So the idea of jobs really scared me. And as a student, and then the advice that my dad gave me no longer applied in my view to the world that we live in today because corporations, and, and this is just my opinion, they don't have that same loyalty as we do to them, and things are just changing and different. So it's no longer go work for a company for 50 years, get some cool golden you know, uh, cufflinks, and then retire rich. It's just, the, it's just not happening anymore. We have to create a stronger value proposition and be ready to pivot from job to company to maybe another career, and that's just the reality. It's very really funny that you say that because I look back at my six years of corporate experience and within six years, we had two rounds of layoffs. And what's sad about uh, is that one of them was done in December, two weeks before Christmas. And usually when they're, at least my experience when it comes to layoffs, they're laying off people that you know were with them 15, 20 years within the company and they're doing it right before the end of the year so they can start the year fresh and it didn't affect their uh, their, you know, their books the next year. And so that's really one that hit me that I was just a number that they need me today, but tomorrow is no different. And so that is a good point because we, as, as a student, I would, I used to assume that security or job security was going through a nice, stable corporate company, but that's not necessarily the case anymore. So maybe you're right. Like why not do entrepreneurship where you have more control of your security and there is more upside potential in a sense? Sure. I mean, it's a lot more risk. And as I mentioned before, like I've lost all my money three times and now married with two kids, uh, you know, and I, and I did a deal in New York just last year that wiped us out. Like I closed a quarter of a million dollar deal. Uh, I put 40 deals in the pipeline. Like I'm a hustler. I was going door to door, making things happen. 
And then the deal fell apart and I lost all my money. So like what, what do you do when you're in a situation and you lose everything and you have to start over immediately? You know, you start getting behind on bills and, you know, sometimes entrepreneurship is the best way to hustle and create something for yourself. Because, I mean, think about it this way. I went through uh, an interview process for a company and I had to go through like seven interviews and it took like a month and a half, two months. Some companies are even longer. So like, what are you going to do on that downtime? I didn't have the option of, you know, sitting around waiting to find a job. I had to make my own job. And uh, what that looks like, you know, there's there's some jobs that you could create just like overnight. You could sell stuff on, you know, on Craigslist or on, on eBay. You could go garage sales. You know, I did that. Or you could do consulting or coaching or freelancing. There's great freelancing programs. Actually, one here in Orlando called FreeUp, F-R-E-E-E-U-P. Uh, the guy named Nathan runs it, Nathan and Connor. And you could jump on there and add your skill set and start making money like immediately. So it's like... I had to create that job for myself. So as a student, you know, that is thinking about entrepreneurship, that, you know, is going to college just because it was just the next natural step or the expectations from their, you know, family. You're saying that, you know, entrepreneurship is very risky, that, you know, that you had to restart three times. Why, why would, as a student, that's a little concerned about just getting a job after college, even think about that? And how do they avoid some of those mistakes? Yeah, so I, I, think, I think having the, um, so two things. One is I'm, I'm evolving as a, as a person. And I was seeking, like I, I, I was like waving this flag of saying jobs are bad, right? So I'm not saying jobs are bad. I'm not saying corporations are bad. What I'm saying is you cannot put your security in someone else. The only security you have, I mean, think about it this way. You're on a spinning rock flying around a ball of gas that's on fire, right? The sun. Like, there's no such thing as security in this world. I could walk across the street and get hit by a bus. So my mindset had to evolve and not say I'm seeking out security. And this is, this is recent, but uh, my security is in my own value proposition and my own ability to add value to any corporation in this universe I could go in and I could grow their sales team. I could build sales pipeline and I could help them. Now, I cannot find security in someone else or another business, but with entrepreneurship and with students out there, it is important to have stability. Now, you'll find a lot of entrepreneurs like me who are very unstable. We swing, we swing for the fences. We're going for the home runs. And what, what you'll see is you'll see a, like a lot of failures. You'll see cars being repossessed, people getting kicked out of homes. And, you know, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, I encourage you to find stability and then build your own security. So that's kind of like the message that I think that I'm evolving into is entrepreneurship is the future of jobs. You will, there's no other choice but to, to learn how to create value for yourself and others, but Find a way that you could do it in a stable environment because it's hard to be creative and give your best when you're figuring out, how am I going to feed my kid? Or how am I going to buy diapers? Or how am I going to pay my bills on time, right? So that's kind of like the, the power of entrepreneurship is you could create, but you could still create in addition an alliance with a job or a stable something, right? Does that is, make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So is there a way or how does a student that wants to go entrepreneurship but doesn't necessarily want to bet at all, is there a way to be uh, going entrepreneurship and be more conservative or not necessarily at the risk? Maybe 
mitigating some, not necessarily going and having the ultimate reward, but if they're not looking to be the next Steve Jobs, but necessarily more of a stable income, I guess more of a lifestyle entrepreneur than in that sense. Yeah. So I, I would look at it this way. Is what's your end game, right? What, what is your end game? Like, what do you really want to accomplish in this world? Like to me, there's nothing more than that I want. And I, and I wrote this in my 50 year plan. Like when I'm 85 years old, I want to be, or 86 or whatever. I want to like look back on all the people that I invested in. Like I want to invest in people. So like I want to be an investor. So my end game is investor. So what could I do today that could start preparing me to be a better investor in people, in businesses, and ideas? So I position myself to work with groups that are going after capital, to, to work with private equity groups or hedge funds or venture capital groups, right? So I could, I could add value to them, right? I could work for them. I could take out their trash or I could do their social media or I could build websites for them or, or whatever the heck I could do but I could learn from them and it helps me accomplish my goal. So it's an alliance to them. I could serve them and I could start doing those things on the side. As I learn how to better invest, I could start investing on the side. So that's one way is get a job, right? Serve the kind of people that you want to be like and become. And then you could do on the side, you could find your own small deals, start crowdfunding, start crowdsourcing. So that's one way. Second way you could do that is you could do freelancing. You could you can right now you could sling up a website for twelve bucks a month or whatever on Wix. You could build a website saying, "Hey, I build websites now," and you could go around to small businesses and say, "You don't have a website? I do. Three hundred bucks, I could build your website." And you could start doing that on the side, um, or you could start doing that at full time. So you could create your own jobs based on a skill set that you could learn on YouTube. You don't have to get a degree in graphic design. You could go to YouTube right now and learn how to build a website. Right. You can learn how to code in nine months and make $70,000. Yep. Which the average college student now is graduating with a bachelor's degree and making thirty-eight. Yeah. And, and how much debt? Do, now, think of this as an investment, right? So if I came to you and I say, listen, man, I want you to invest $50,000 in your, in your education. What's, what's the average education? 50, 100? I don't even know anymore. It's like 75. Okay, so $75,000. Here's an investment. I want you to invest $75,000... And then you're going to come out owing me that money, and then you're going to get a $30,000 job, right? Is that a good investment? Like, to me, like, we take on so much debt as students because of this pressure to get a job, and then we come out with a job that we can't even pay for the school loan, so it's like a bad investment. So if you're going to go that route, you better make sure that the end outcome will provide enough where you could at least pay your school loan off. And that makes sense, but I think... It's so easy to get that seventy-five thousand because all the you know the institutions and the fact that you can just borrow money at a lower interest rate than you could borrow to start your own business. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you, and I think that the people that are graduating college with their dream job, whether it's they they started themselves or working for somebody else, one of the key factors is that they knew themselves and knew what they wanted to do. And so the the earlier that you can know what that is and build those skills. The, the better chance you're going to have to be able to be successful. And so a question for you is, if you're a student and you, you, you think entrepreneurship is interesting, but you don't have an idea, what do you do? All right, that's a, that's a great question. So let, 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 let's dive in a little bit and let's have a little dialogue around this. What kind of person are they, right? What, what is their skill set? Let's, let's just make up a person. We'll call him Bob. Okay. All right, so Bob wants to be an entrepreneur, 
and he's going through school right now, and he wants to be a part of something. What is Bob's skill set? You name off anything. Um, let's say it's finance. Okay, so Bob's a, a finance guy. He knows how to count numbers. He knows how to build a business plan. He knows how to project uh, financials, right? You know most startups suck at, at doing their books, so he could go right now to every single startup and say, hey, listen, I'll do your books for free in, term, in, 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 in exchange for equity, or I'll do, your, I'll do your books, I'll do your financial projections, I'll build your business plan, I'll be your outsourced CFO for you know, 1000 bucks a month, and I want some equity. Dude, that's super powerful. You don't have to, an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to be CEO or founder. An entrepreneur is a mindset of saying, I want this, and how can I go get that? So I'm either going to build it myself, go around it, go under it, or do it with someone else. So the entrepreneurship is a mindset, not a title. And I think that's something that I really learned just this year is I kept on going, I wanted to build something for myself. Well, I've had a lot of failures. I built an online fitness company. I worked with Venture Capital Group. I've, I've even, you know, Ari, uh, Ari in, in the room, he even said, wait, you wrestled alligators before? And I was like, yeah, I've done a, I've done a crap ton. But the thing is, is like the, the, the mindset is, is, is what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur, not the title. So go out and Bob here in this example, go find entrepreneurs who have, who have the idea, who are messy, who don't know how to put structure behind it and help them put the structure behind it and help them raise capital. And then you guys all win. Focusing on your, like your, your skill set and your value proposition is the most secure thing you could do. That makes Perfect sense. Um, have you seen correlations? One of the things that I, I, I found out when I was reading a lot of entrepreneurship that there's the idea guy and the executor. Yeah. And so can we elaborate that? Because for me, I would think then Bob is the executor, right? In that example that we just talked about. Somebody has the idea. I think about like Walt Disney and then Roy Disney. You think about um, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Yeah. And so... As an entrepreneurship myself, and I think about this as my speaking business in a sense, I am the idea, but my wife does all the back end. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, my wife is the one that keeps me in track and she's the executor in a sense, uh, but she would not come up with the idea herself or wouldn't even take the risk herself. Yeah. So I would love to talk a little bit about that and your thoughts on the, that combination. Yeah. One of my, one of my contacts wrote a book uh, called Rocket Fuel. It's by Mark Winters. Uh, it came from a series, uh, a guys, bunch of guys got together and they did a bunch of research on successful companies, Apple, McDonald's, Disney, and they always found this unique correlation between the dreamer, the visionary, they call it, and the integrator. The doer. Right? The, the, the guy who's going to do all the work, right? So they found that the strongest companies that have ever existed in the history of mankind back in the day from, you know, caveman building, you know, rocks that turn into wheels all the way to Apple, they had this unique partnership between the visionary and the integrator. So the, I, I recommend this book called Rocket Fuel. It's a great book for startups, um, and especially if you're trying to find out where's my fit within a startup or a company, like it's a great book to have. So, so you're, you're definitely right because visionaries like me have a very hard time with organization, structure, planning, and execution. But I could sell to a room. I could sell all day long, and that's the things that I want to do. So um, knowing your and I'll go back to your value proposition. Knowing your major skill set is so valuable 
but then also knowing your weaknesses even make you more valuable. Because if you could go in going, listen, these are my strengths, these are my gaps, these are the weaknesses that I have, I need to either find someone to fill those gaps, find a tool to fill those gaps, or partner with a company that fills those gaps. And when you do that, you get into uh, the flow. I won't, I won't go too much into the like the, the flow and the and the feeling of like like bliss, but like that's important to find. Like professional, like Tom Brady in the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> He's in flow. Yeah, yeah, because you're doing that which you're created to do. You're, you're skilled at. You're you have your strong points in, and you can feel fulfilled when you're doing it. Otherwise, man, like Einstein said, I think it was Einstein. Anyways, if I quote Einstein, it makes me sound smart. But he said, if you judge a fish by his ability to climb a tree, he's going to fail every time, right? So it's like, if, if you're a great salesperson, find a job that you could sell or sell other people's stuff and don't spend like I did. I cashed out my, I cashed out my firefighter pension to build a fitness company, and I was trying to learn how to build websites. I know how to do it now, but every time I try to build a website, I'm losing money because I could go sell a $10,000 job, but when I go build a website, I'm making three bucks an hour. I could pay that out to someone, you know, like, so find your skill set and then partner with or outsource or pay someone to do the crap that you suck at. Great, great, great question, Daniel. <laughs> no, it makes sense. So one of the things that I want to talk about is there's a lot of college students that start business or already have the entrepreneurship mindset in while they're in college. And I was one of them. I had multiple ideas in college, but my entrepreneurship professors were always saying, hey, go learn how to run a business from the people who've done it, and then go do your business after you've gained a couple of years of experience. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, God. Um, this, might, this might make some people upset. So that's, that sounds wise. So here's... <laughs> here's I'll have my point on it, too, because <laughs> okay. I lived it. So look, when, when, when someone gives you advice, look at, look at their success. Now, if that, if that person just ha- had a, a $10 million exit or a $100 million exit... You know, they sold their business and now they want to go teach. Like, that's cool. Take their advice. But if, you know, like, ask that professor, what businesses have you started, right? What, what, what exits do you have? Have you ever raised capital? Like, make sure that the advice that is given comes from someone who has credibility and authority in the situation. That's wise to go, like, I believe this. If, if you say, listen, I want to build a SaaS company, go work for a SaaS company to learn it because you can learn on your, their dollar rather than your dollar. So that's cool. But at the same time, if you've got a great idea now, you have some, some knacks behind you, get a capital partner, sell, it to, sell, sell the concept to an investor, get a board of advisors to help you growth hack your journey. There's ways to do it without giving up you know, too much time or too much things. That it all depends on timing and how valuable your idea is. And at the end of the day, your idea is not valuable if you don't have execution. Perfect. And so, as a student, right? Let's say that they dabble in entrepreneurship and they fail while they're still in school. What are some of the lessons or some of the soft skills or skills that you can expect somebody to learn that will be transferable even if they go to a corporate world? Oh my gosh! So when you're when you're a startup. And you're you're like bootstrapping everything, and you're hustling. You're you're learning user acquisition, 
sales, lead generation. So you're learning how to fill the funnel, right? So you built a cool product. Now you got to go sell it. So you're learning all the things about sales and marketing because you're touching every single point of it. You're learning operations because once you get a client, you have to service the client. So now you're learning how to be your own COO. You're learning how to be a project manager and uh, a team lead, a manager. You're learning all those things. You're learning how to cast vision. So you're learning how to be a CEO. Like starting your business... And, and running your own business, even if it's a failure, is going to catapult you years beyond what any of those textbooks will show you. I'm going to add something to you on that. I've started three different businesses that got to a point where there were LLCs. You know, I had hundreds of ideas, uh, not executed perfectly. Uh, but in those necessarily experiences of me building those businesses that didn't end up working out, weren't the reason why I got some of the jobs or opportunities that I got, but the experiences that I learned building those businesses was more, helped me more and developed me more as a person than any other internship or job experience that I've ever had. Um, and so it, the person when I was interviewing didn't necessarily say, hey, yes, I have this digital marketing company on the side. They probably wouldn't have hired me if that was the case, but the learnings from those, that starting those businesses made me grow so much. And so if there's one thing to take away from me when it comes to entrepreneurship is you don't you either win or you learn, but you don't fail. You just start all over and you continue to grow. Man, that's good. I like it. Uh, so I want to just continue asking uh, for you a couple of more. I had a couple of more questions at the top of my head is if a student has an idea, right? How do they, where do you advise them to go and grow it, you know, if they're looking for resources or ways for them to be able to pursue this entrepreneurship career further. Yeah. So if you're serious about that, what you should do is you should take that idea and you should shop it around to people in that field. So let's just say you have this idea of an app. You should take that idea of the app and you should take it to people who have apps so you could learn and share the idea with them. You should talk to investors who invest in those kind of apps. If you reach out to an investor and you go, I have this. I'm a student at this company or at this school. I see you're an alumni. I have this idea for this business, and I would like to ask your advice. Could I buy you a cup of coffee, have 30 minutes of your time, and ask the advice? 90% of them will say yes. They'll say heck yes because they want to give, right? So take that idea and share it with as many freaking people as you possibly can. And even better, if you have an idea for an app, sell the idea to people and get them to pre-buy it. If you could pre-sell your app idea to a thousand people at a hundred bucks a month, you've got a business and you could take those purchase orders. You could take it to an investor and say, Hey, I just sold, I can't do the math on that, but I just sold a lot of money. You know, will you help me build this app? I already have the purchase orders. They would be blown away. And so that's the, probably the best way to do it is sell your idea before you even build it, sell it, then build it. So one of the fears that I had when I was an entrepreneurship entrepreneur in college and I thought about it like that, my fear was sharing the business because I thought somebody would take it from me, right? All right. So Great question. <laughs> I know that happens. So when students come to me, I would say no one's as passionate as your idea as you are, but what is your thoughts on it? Okay. So great question, Daniel. Let me ask you a question. G- give me, you don't have to go into too much no. details, but give me, give, me, give me one of your ideas that you, the best idea that you had in college. What was that idea? So a partner and I had an idea called U-Bike, and it was a bicycle rental system around college campuses. They have it now. Yep. Uh, this was uh, eight years ago, 
we didn't have the funding or the know-how how to do it at that time. Okay. And obviously looking at it now, we could have been a little early, but that was my idea. Like okay. that was our idea. So great example. You had this wonderful idea and you were afraid that someone was going to take it. So you held on to it. Now you were passionate about the idea and you were really excited about it. Did it succeed? It didn't. I did share it, but for a, a couple of months, we were fearful of sharing that idea. My partner more than I, yeah. he was he, he was more skeptical about sharing it with I, a non-disclosure. I'm like, no one's going to sign a non-disclosure. Yeah. And I even heard that on your episode that most people, if you make them try to sign a, a non, uh, non-disclosure, they won't even take you seriously. Yeah. Uh, but that's a fear that as an entrepreneur, that you come up with this genius idea that you think is genius that you're afraid to share because someone's going to run with it and take it. Yeah. And so we ended up sharing it. Uh, it wasn't successful because it, we didn't know how to execute it. And I think a lot of ideas, and that's another question is ideas come and go in a sense. I guess for me, that I'm very creative, but the execution part is, is the problem. But for that specific question, what's your advice if you have a good idea and they don't want to share it? Yeah. So... In, in this example, and, and I felt the same way when I first started because I didn't know any better. So I held on to an idea, and a lot of the ideas that I held on to didn't matter how passionate I was about it, they failed. So like in our examples of, of your example and then maybe even one of the examples when I was building a, you know, my first fitness company is I held on to the idea because I thought someone would steal it. But are either of them in marketplace that we've put into the marketplace? No. Even if we were that passionate about it, so... Here's, here's the point of this is like you holding on to your idea is going to produce no value to yourself, to your community. You're going to miss out on strategic partners, potential advisors, potential investors, team members. Like you want to be a great CEO, you have to sell your idea before it even exists. You have to sell the idea of something, the thought of something to acquire a co-founder. Always go into something. I, I'm a big fan now of co-founders and uh, having a founding team. Don't do this by yourself. It is brutal. Don't do it by yourself. But to, to be a great CEO, take your idea and start selling it. Sell the idea. Get people bought onto it. Build, build a, a freaking deck in uh, PowerPoint. You guys know how to use PowerPoint. You, know, you guys are students. Build a deck. Build a, build a prototype. Uh, go to a you know a worker space, build a prototype you know, or or build a, a fake prototype on on even on PowerPoint, but build it and sell it. Sell the idea. Get a co-partner. Get some investors. Get advisors. And now you start to form a business with people who know how to do it. And that's when you start to get traction. So take your idea. Doesn't matter how good you think it is. Find the people who are in the industry who know more about it than you, and start asking them. Ask them for advice. One of my best friends told me this. He's the CEO of one of the fastest growing um, businesses in, in the U.S. In, in, in the nonprofit world. But he says, when you ask for people for money, they give you advice. If you ask people for advice, they, they give, give you money. money. <laughs> yeah. Right? So uh, take, that, take that idea and sell it. Learn how to sell. That's the best thing you could do in your career. I'm going to ask you one last question. So we've been talking for about 30 minutes now, and you gave a lot of, lot of great advice and knowledge. But if a student listens to this 30 minutes and they only remember one thing, one piece of advice, what would you hope that would be? Ooh, that's a good question. All right. Here's the one thing. If you, if you forget everything else, if you can figure out who you are as a, as a person, what are, what were you, what are your most, like, your, your strongest skill set 
right? So you take strength finders and, and read the book Essentialism or The One Thing and whatever it is, but find out what your superhuman power is, double down on that. Everybody will, will focus in on your weaknesses, but if you could take your skill sets, your top three, maybe it's design, maybe it's sales, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's technology, find out what your strongest skill set is and, and pour everything you have, every, like, Max out your credit card. Don't do this. But like pour everything you can into your skills, in, into your, your superhuman power and sharpen that over the next couple years and you will be untouchable. Do not. Do not try to bring your weaknesses up from a, a 1 out of a 10 to a 3 out of a 10. It's a waste of time. Double down everything on your personal value proposition. That's, that's the one thing. If you got nothing else, focus in on your strengths. I love that piece of advice. And regardless whether you are somebody that is interested in entrepreneurship or someone who's just set on on building their career in a corporate environment, that piece of advice is going to be useful for everybody. Um, it is something that I talk about a lot when I talk about my program. I talk about assess, acquire, and apply. And the, and the first part of it is assess. It's a self-assessment. If you don't know yourself and you don't know what you like, you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are, um, you're really setting yourself up for a disadvantage. So... Josh, I mean, that, that is really great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast. How can the audience connect with you? Yeah, uh, so I love LinkedIn. So why don't you reach out to me on LinkedIn? Uh, the, the link will be in the show notes below and say, hey, I just heard you on Daniel's podcast, Mastering College, and I have a question. You, you shoot me that message and, or that you want to connect or something like that. Uh, I'll have a conversation with you, give you some time, and just tell you like, hey, man, like, I've had successes. I've had a lot of failures. I'm an open book, happy to help. I want to help lift up entrepreneurs um, around the world, but most specifically here in Orlando. So happy to help. Perfect. You guys heard it. Josh, thank you so much. Thanks, man. This was fun. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. I truly hope that you loved it as much as I enjoyed making and creating this content for you. My goal is to provide content that's going to help you master college and land your dream job. So if this helped you and if you know someone that should listen to this podcast, please, please share it with them. Nothing will make me happier than to see this podcast grow and make this community bigger so that we can help every student be able to graduate with their dream job. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.